We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for Jack Ramsey is brought to you by Manscaped. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped just launched their fourth-generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right, the 4.0. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped. With this exclusive offer for you, 20% off, free worldwide shipping with a code JACKED. 20 at manscaped.com again that's jacked 20 at manscaped.com and why go with manscaped well manscaped engineered the ultimate groin and body trimmer by focusing on intelligent functionality and an incredibly comfortable grooming experience their fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology i now feel confident shaving my boys so remember, get 20% off and free shipping with a code JACKED20, that's jacked two zero at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code JACKED20. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into Jacked Ramsey's. I am your host, Danny Morang. Uh, I am flying solo dolo today because, well, Sprague is uh, off in Hawaii and uh, having a lot more fun than me. Uh, that's basically how this one's going. I was going to have some guests on, uh, but if we had so many freaking questions. Um, I decided to just kind of do this one solo and save the guests for their own podcast. Uh, first of all, appreciate all of you for being here. Thank you so, 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 so very much. Uh, we're getting through the first now three weeks of the new pod and everything is going tremendously well. Uh, if you're listening right now, there's a good chance you just heard our new sponsor, Manscaped. Uh, I talked about that already a little bit. We've got some more lined up and be able to do some cool stuff with the community. Uh, hopefully I'll be able to share more of that here in the next couple of weeks, but, uh, that's the business stuff out of the way. Basketball. Well, it's the, um... It's the least fun time this season now. <laughs> You've got the deadest of dead periods. The next three, four weeks is kind of, okay, can we get to camp? Can we see who's going to be everybody healthy, everything looking good? But in between, we, we will get hashtag muscle watch, where guys will put on anywhere between 5 and 20 pounds of muscle. That is a crucial, crucial part of the season. Uh, guys will work on their jump shots. They will dedicate themselves to more uh, precision and timing, influence and aggressiveness defensively. Uh, let's see, what's another really good one? 
coaches, the coaches, we, we Chauncey hit, listen, and this has nothing to do with Chauncey. This has everything to do with coaching cliches. Chauncey did uh, a media barrage in Las Vegas, and I think he hit every single cliche just spot on. We're going to uh, hold guys more accountable. And I heard, I saw a lot of people, that's good to hear. That's what Chauncey's going to do. That. And it's like, okay, Terry starts at the same thing. But okay, okay. New voice. Okay, okay. That's, that's cool. Uh, we're going to get out and transition. Heard that for nine years. Heard that for nine years. Uh, we're going to shoot less threes. That, but then we, we rolled that one back. We're, we're not going to shoot less threes. <laughs> that was a bridge too far, even for a coach, coach cliche. It was, it's typically shooting more threes. This time it was, we'll shoot less threes. And uh, there was a lot of pushback because there's a roster full of guys who like to take and make threes. So, um, but yeah, that's, this is, that's what this, see, we've already seen, or at least I've seen, um, videos of Ben Simmons in pro runs, uh, taking left-handed jumpers, hitting threes on the run. Uh, Darius Basley, I believe, was in that video, as well as Aaron Gordon. Not exactly your group of uh, perimeter shooters. Uh, but further proof that everybody in the NBA, even the worst shooters, can hit everything in an open run. So uh, if you want, there's a video out there of Steven Adams, I think, hitting like 36 straight threes or something ridiculous like that. Bottom line is, good, guys in the NBA are really good um, in this, the, the sliding scale between uh, – us and you know mere mortals and them uh the gods of basketball is huge uh so yeah something to keep in mind but yeah it's that time of year right it's just uh sit back <sighs> pray hope do all those kind of things I, I don't know if this is for me at least it's not the time of year where i'm i'm super super stoked uh i'm, I'm mostly doing a lot of research and that leads to i guess the stokeness of like, okay, hey, you know, we're going to work with this, we're going to work with this, we're going to work with this, and then I'll see what kind of comes together. Typically, you've got a little bit more new to work with, but uh, they don't. They've got three three new guys to work with. Uh, Snell or more, as we've taken to calling them, and uh, Tony Snell, Cody Zeller, and Ben McLemore. Uh, Greg Brown has always been signed. Uh, we had a little bit of fun with him at Summer League. There's still one more guy to be signed. Uh, I'm fairly confident, nearly entirely confident that Paul Millsap will not be that individual at this point in time. Um, I think he's kind of going to sit this one out as far as training camps concerned, pull the old vet move, uh, and then end up uh, in either Brooklyn or Golden State. So it'll be interesting to kind of see what comes out of that, but uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, there is the weird possibility he could end up with the Lakers with Gasol uh, not being 100% committed right now. But uh, I think that's a bit of a dark horse. But as always, this is a mailbag podcast. Sunday nights into Monday morning. I'm recording Sunday night here at 7.14 p.m. Holy shnikes, you guys got a lot of questions in. Lots of questions. I actually had to cut some. And as always, if you don't hear your question, it's not because I didn't like your question. It's because it was saved for another day. Um, thank you to everybody who got them in. There is, like I said, a ton here. Uh, I'm going to go kind of in... Uh, my own little order here, not necessarily the order they were they came in, which is typically what I do. Um, but we're going to start with where something Sprague and I hit on last uh, live show on Thursday. Uh, and this is two different questions when I kind of roll into one. First from Project Backcountry, at Project Backcountry, at Project Backcountry. There we go. Can you speak the Draymond deal into existence? Nothing more. And then from Quentin Smith, at Q-Ball 2018, did the Blazers got Draymond? How good of a fit would he be paired with Nurk? First of all, if I could speak deals into existence, I love Draymond. 
he's very far down the list of guys that I felt like I could speak deals into existence. Um, but yeah, I I would like to speak that deal into existence. Uh, being able to move Covington and um, Derek Jones Jr., something along those uh, lines would make sense for uh, kind of fitting it all together. Um, but I... That team in the Bay Area, they are going to be content as long as they're winning, and I don't see Dre forcing his way out if they're winning. Now, if things go sideways or if the young guys don't pan out, he could raise a you know bleepity bleep storm and uh, force his way out. And I think that's Dre would not be above that. He's got all the cachet. He's got the contract that he's going to get. He's got his accolades. He's, he's fine. He's, he's comfortable in his own skin. He, he can set the world on fire there and be fine. Uh, as far as uh, Quentin's question, as far as if the Blazers get Draymond, how good of a fit would he be with uh, Yusuf Nurkic? So here's here's the thing. And this is also the same kind of issue you have to worry about with a Ben Simmons. I Draymond will take the three. He probably shouldn't most of the time. But he will. Ben won't. The flip side of this is Ben has downhill gravity with the ball in his hands. He is a force. He has created more open three-pointers and more three-point looks than anybody else in the league since he's come into the game. Draymond works better in four-on-threes as opposed to a primary initiator. But you could run some pretty incredible sets offensively with both him, uh, him being Draymond, and Nurk in uh, some horn sets. I think you, you could also run some high-low actions, honestly, with either one as a playmaker. The problem here is both are subpar finishers. That would be a problem for Portland. Uh, you would have a lineup featuring everybody but Norman Powell being a subpar finisher at the rim. That's already a problem that is getting exacerbated. That's where Ben Simmons comes in. I'm going off memory here. I believe Simmons finished 74 or 73% of his shots at the rim. If somebody wants to do the, the check on that one, I believe that's what it was. It was an astronomical percentage, um, and that's what he does. Everybody knows he's trying to get there. He's very much like Giannis in the sense of, uh, if I want to get to the rim, I'm going to go to the rim. There's not a damn thing you can do about it. Cool. Cool, 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 cool. Uh, Dre does not have that. He does not have that functionality. But Dre is also not, he will more often than not make the right decision on both sides of the floor. You don't question his effort more often than not. Uh, and you don't question whether or not he's uh, committed to the game. That's your kind of trade-off. But so as far as pairing him with Yusuf Nurkic, it could work. It's not the best fit. You probably want to, you probably want to pair him with a, a rim-running type or somebody who finishes a little bit better or offers some floor spacing. Uh, the additional playmaking and the burden that would take off of Damon CJ would be spectacular. But if, you're, if, you, if you got Draymond in Portland, you would definitely want to look to move CJ McCollum to for somebody who's a bit more of a finisher, floor spacer type. Maybe that's Wiggins. I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I believe in the shooting, but whatever <laughs> it's, it's kind of where i'm at on that one um this one from uh josh bullock uh, i'm going to shift from the draymond stuff um and get into the schedule that was the big news this week the schedule drop wah, 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 wah. yeah it's, that's the really crappy uh horn one of these times i'll actually I'll, I'll put the drop in here and just irritate everybody with it nobody ever give me anything like that because i will abuse it but 
it's time to do the pickums. So I ran through my first pickum. Let's pull up the chart, ladies and gentlemen. The chart says there's 82 games in a season. 41 at home, 41 on the road. And the Blazers schedule, if you go to BlazersEdge.com, I did a quick little breakdown of it. 14 back-to-backs, a six-game road trip, two five-game road trips, <laughs> the six-game road trip and the two five-game road trips, all in the final 40 games. That's a lot. Think about that. 16 games right there. 16, almost half of the second half of the schedule comes in three road trips. It's a lot. But Josh Bullock asked, at Jab Aspie, Based solely on personal personal and schedule, where do you see the Blazers at the All-Star break? So let me pull up the handy-dandy chart one more time because I closed it. I picked the Blazers, so I, I do a couple different iterations of this, and this is how it went down for me. I go win-loss, 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 whatever it is, um, not based on schedule, purely based on opponent. Opponent, opponent, opponent. My first run, my very first run, I had the Blazers at 44 wins. I typically, anytime I run into an eh, I give it to the opponent. That's that's typically how I go. Uh, I want to be on the lesser side. I don't want to overestimate. I, I, I never do. Always err on the side of caution. Always, 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 always. I'm a business analyst. I'm an intelligence analyst. <laughs> that is, you, 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 you go based on percentages. That's what you go off of. And the percentages and the data say Portland will not be healthy. Yusuf Nurkic will not be healthy. Cody Zeller will not be healthy. They will miss chunks of games. Beyond that, you have unproven depth off your bench. They could be good. They absolutely could. They could be great. But, 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 historically, it does not bode well for teams introducing a brand new bench and having a front court that you're heavily reliant on being injury prone. So, if I'm putting a number down for the season, Vegas has the win total at 44 and a half. That pegged them at 8th in the Western Conference, which I believe is about right anywhere from 6 to 8. That's the kind of where I've I've seen some folks that are very upset that they're behind both the Denver Nuggets and the Dallas Mavericks. They both have guys that are better. That's that's the problem, guys. Luka's an MVP candidate. Jokic is an MVP winner. It's, there's levels. They're both bigger than Damian Lillard, too. Uh, love Dame. Top 10 player. Those guys are top five. Right around there. So, uh, that's a different rant. Uh, the flip side of this is, where do you see the Blazers at the All-Star break? So, ran the numbers. 32-28. and 28. Just above 500. Just above 500. If you pull that schedule up, it is not is not a great schedule. Uh, there are areas in it that's fantastic. There, the Blazers do start uh, in their first 14 games. They have eight on the road. That includes at the Clippers, at the 76ers, at the Clippers again, at the Suns, and at the Nuggets. Your home games are against the Pacers, Lakers, Clippers, Grizzlies, Suns, and Kings. Huh? So, after that, you get fat on home games. Fat, 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 fat. And that's where they got to make hay. They, they can't have a year like they did before where they weren't great on home, at home. The goal is always, always 500 on the road. 500 on the road, then handle business at home. That is the goal. 
it was kind of weird last year, COVID and everything else, shortened schedule, blah, blah, blah. But 32. 32 wins at the break. So the break is coming on February 16th, I believe, this year. Yeah, that's the eight-day window. Uh, and the Blazers have a nice nice little group of games heading it down that stretch back into January, into February. That's at the Rockets, at the Bulls, at the Thunder, at the Lakers. Come home for the Thunder again. The Bucks, the Magic, the Lakers, the Knicks, and then out on the road against Milwaukee and Memphis before heading into the All-Star break. So Houston, they're going to be really bad. They'll be fun, but they're going to be really bad. But they got a bunch of athletes in those teams in the past have historically killed Portland. Oklahoma City, same thing. Young, athletic, you never really know. Those are games Portland should win. So that's two games against OKC, game against Houston. Lakers, you never know what they're going to do with resting guys. Uh, the Magic are going to be bad. Uh, the Knicks, who knows. Memphis, hmm. so you've got a couple games that are real tough. you got a couple games that look like they should be pretty easy. Um, and then you come out of that home stretch, or excuse me, out of that all-star break stretch, and by God, hold on to your hats. You get Golden State, Denver, Phoenix coming out of the break, and then that Phoenix game is the first of a four-game trip. Phoenix, Minnesota twice, and then rounding out of Utah. Then coming back home once for the Wizards before going out on that five-game trip. So that's <laughs> nine out of ten on the road. So, uh, yeah, that's that's a little brutal. And those nine out of ten, you go out on 3-2, so on March 2nd, you come back on 321. Ten games, nineteen days, nine of them on the road. <laughs> Awful. But but again, and this isn't part of the question, but this is kind of where I'm gonna do the whole schedule roundup kind of deal here. After that stretch, which is brutal. It is brutal. There's no doubt about it. You get San Antonio, Houston twice, Oklahoma City, New Orleans, San Antonio twice again, Oklahoma City, New Orleans again, then round it out with Dallas on the road and Utah at home. You have got a 10-game stretch against teams at the bottom of the conference. Now, you might you might have to fight with New Orleans. They might be a team that is fighting for a play-in spot. Otherwise, you've got some teams that might be tanking. Or or you get the, the weird thing here where Houston pops two years too early and they win 40 games. And they're like, oh, maybe we can get the playoffs. And they got an ownership group that wants to see a little bit of money. I, hard for me to see it, but I've, I've seen weirder things. So all-star break, slightly above 500. You come out, you got a brutal stretch. If you could get through that, I can see 50 wins. But I don't think they're going to get through that. And I think that ultimately when they get down to it, 46 or 47. That's where they're going to end up. That's where they're going to end up. Listen, Travis Demers, voice of the point the Trailblazers, Chad Doing, uh, good friends, both both, just texting me out. Absolutely 50 wins. 50 wins. 50 wins. 50 wins. 50 wins. Okay. Okay. 50 wins. I don't know about that. We'll see. We will see. How can they get to those 50 wins? Well, at Credence 26, Credence asks, Assuming Lillard buys in on defense and has energy to expend it, what improvements could be made? Could he be an average defender? Oh, there's so many different ways to slice this. So, so, so many ways to, to slice this about, right? Dame can be okay in ice. Well, we root both this. He can be good in post-up situations. He can be good in isolation situations. It's not about buy-in. 
about for him defensively on most situations, which is pick-and-roll defense. He's just bad at it. He takes horrible angles. There's, there's somebody screaming right now, well, that's how you coach him to be better. Well, okay, cool. You go ahead and take the guy that's been in the league for a decade and coach him to be better. That happens a lot. That happens a lot. It doesn't. It doesn't happen. Can he get better? Yes. Will he see big gains? Unlikely. Unlikely. That's just how it goes. But as far as the buy-in on the other parts, that's where I think you can make some gains. Having more energy, getting back in transition more frequently, not ball-watching. I think those are things that are a little bit more coachable as opposed to um, angles and how you get off things and uh, being in rotations, uh, impacting you know the possessions on the ball. I don't think Dame's ever going to be one of those guys. But not being a turnstile, um, unfortunately Dame was kind of nicked up in the Olympics, but he got cooked by Ricky Rubio. Cooked, flambéed, fricasseed, roasted. Um, straight line drives didn't look good. Didn't look. He was getting killed on on social media for it. Shouldn't happen. Shouldn't happen, especially with that team. Um, so it didn't bode well. But he was struggling with an abdominal issue and something he has struggled with in the past. And I hope he goes and has surgery and has it repaired and he's ready to go for the season or whatever the situation is. But um, I don't think it's totally about buy-in. I don't. And I, I've, I've made that known plenty of times. I just think he's a poor defender. Um, if it was that easy to be a good defender, you'd have more teams that were better defensively. If it was just about buy-in, if it was just about coaching, it's it's a legitimate skill. And I think acting like it's not or pretending like it's not is kind of a discredit and a disservice. It's, it's a lot like passing and playmaking. Well, why can't everybody pass like Steve Nash? Well, because he's a god. Why can't everybody do it like Chris Paul? Well, because he's, why can't everybody throw lob passes like Andre Miller? Because that's what they do. That's their inherent skill. The defense is the same thing. Everybody talks, It's just about effort. No, it's not. It matters. It absolutely does. And you can be more impactful with effort, but you're working with a set skill set. Uh, speaking of defense, Colin Pettit, at Colin Pettit, how different would the Blazers' ceiling be if one of Norm CJ, I'll throw an Ann as well, randomly shows up at camp and is now 6'8". Their game stay exactly the same, just gain the height. Basically, how different would they be with better positional size? Make Norm 6'8", and he just got probably near a max deal. Not kidding. There's just not many guys that are like that in the league. You make Norm 6'8", he's poor man's Kawhi. That's just the reality. He would be a legitimate small forward. He would be making 30-plus million dollars a year. Unequivocally. Downhill, defensive-minded, aggressive, long-armed, hard-working, three-point shooting wing. Yeah. Yeah, tell me if you heard that before. If Norm came in at 6'8", that would be a hell of a boon. I mean, realistically, the Blazers haven't had that player ever. Closest they've had in, in the Lillard era is Nick Batum. And he wasn't the, near the, the level of aggressor that, that Norm is. Um, as far as ceiling, you're still limited by, by Damon CJ in the backcourt uh, defensively. Um, but now you're 6'8", six, 6'7", six, seven, seven foot. That certainly looks better. It also it looks very reminiscent of Harkless and Aminu, um, but better versions of them, significantly better versions of them, and, and Norm and, and um, Covington. So, um, but yeah, I, it, 
for me, it's always going to be the same. You, you're there. There's a hard ceiling with with Damon CJ. That's just. I'm always going to end up there. And the guy that has to be at that number three spot or number four, whatever, it has to be a no BS superstar. And you probably need a little bit more out of a Covington type too to really put yourself in that that competitive landscape. Like this is this is where we're going to go. Um, along that way, we, we've I've seen a little bit of this already, so I'll, I'll take this one for Portland Hoops at PNW Sports five hundred three. Kyle Anderson and Dylan Brooks are said to be available for the right price. What price might that be in your estimation? Would Anderson be overqualified for our backup four three role? Yes, he would be overqualified because he's a starter. He's a starter. He's a very good player. Uh, one of the more underrated players in the league. Uh, not athletic at all. Nicknamed Slow Mo for a reason. Um, but a very good playmaker. He is this generation's kind of Boris Diaw, where you're like. Ah, he's not that good, was he? Then you look at his advanced stats and like, holy crap, this guy is good. Like he just does stuff. He just he impacts winning. Um, I like him. Always like Kyle Anderson. Uh, I I would have loved if Portland could have got you know, swap CJ out. Hell, if you could swap CJ for Anderson and Brooks, you're cooking with gas. To be honest, I I despise Dylan Brooks. Despise him. But. Anderson and Brooks for CJ would be pretty good. Not only that, Portland would get off of a deal that is overpaid uh, with CJ, uh, would allow them to have a little bit more room in the books, uh, would allow them to reset a little bit quicker. Uh, but, yeah, he'd definitely be overqualified. If, if he did come off the bench, if Anderson did come off the bench, he is your no-doubt six-man. He's still playing 30 minutes a night. That's That's how I would roll it if he had to come off the bench. Um, uh, me personally, I, if you did up CJ for for Slobo and Brooks, I would I would start Anderson, um, bring Brooks off the bench. That's how I would do it. I would go with Dame, Norm, Slomo, Cove, Nurk. Um, if you wanted Brooks to be your point of attack defender and be smaller, uh, okay, okay, that's fine. Uh, I I like I like what Anderson brings a little bit more, especially his playmaking. Um, but you could you could go either way. I don't know what the price is. Um, I've I've asked around. I haven't heard back. So I I do not know what what Memphis is looking for in this regard because Anderson's an expiring. Brooks has got two years left. So um, yeah, it's kind of just kind of what it is. But that swap makes sense to me. Does I, I don't I don't know how the Blazers see it, but I I I've always really liked Anderson. So. Uh, this is from Eric at Eric B PDX. Just because fate loves irony, is there any way you can see the Blazers as presently constructed, defying all odds, winning the championship, and becoming the feel-good Cinderella story of the decade? It'd be more than the decade. It <sighs> Miracle on Ice is probably the bar. That or Leicester winning the Premier League. They they had plus fifty five hundred odds. Somebody somebody won a truckload on that when that happened. Was that 2016, 2017? What year was that? I'm, it's all blending. Anyways. Uh, the Blazers winning an NBA title would be the biggest upset in NBA history as far as titles go. That's currently constructed. And I don't even think that's a question. And you can't really compare it to like the Premier League or to the NFL or even the NHL or Major League Baseball because they have positions in goalie and pitchers that are so incredibly valuable that if they get like locked in hot, uh, the one I always go to, I'm an LA Kings fan, when Quick got hot for, for the LA Kings and won them a Stanley Cup. I mean, he was good luck. Good luck. You could not score on him. 
couldn't do it. Um, the Diamondbacks just loading up with pitching with Johnson and Schilling. Okay. You just you can't you can't do that in the NBA unless you have the guy. So, um, yeah, I I can't see it. I, honestly, it's hard for me to see them like getting a couple round upset, let alone because that's the other thing. It's a seven game series, and you don't have that single player or, or position that can impact the game in an unlikely way. It's just about top end talent. Just the equivalent of this would be like Damian Lillard turning into the greatest point guard of all time, and just being a lockdown point of attack defender, just God mode. And then also dropping like 37 a night while taking care of the ball and setting the table, basically being Giannis in, in game six, but at the point guard. So, um, for an entire series or an entire playoffs, that's, 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 that's what you're asking. It's, it's crazy. It's crazy, 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 crazy. Uh, all right. So we got a couple of email questions. Uh, there's one in here from last week, uh, from Joel. Uh, I wanted to make sure I got, actually, I believe Joel's and Cody's were both in here from last week. Um, cause there's a, a longer one from Ryan that I want to get to. Um, uh, this one from Cody, two questions. One, do you think the sudden push and urgency from Dame to make a title team is coming from the fact that this last year, there's so many teams in the late round of playoffs that were built for the ground up and not manufactured like Miami, LA or the Warriors with KD. First of all, like if you're talking about Miami with the the Heatles, that's it's still it's still built from the ground up to an extent. The Lakers, hell, they were too. They traded the guys. LeBron coming in for agency that matters. Uh, the Warriors, they they just added KD to an already. Okay, screw it. I get what you're saying. I don't think it's necessarily about that uh, urgency. I think the more urgency is he's going into year ten. And he's tasted the Western Conference Finals ever so slightly. He's never had a player outside of LaMarcus Aldridge be an all-star alongside him. He's sitting there watching Chris Middleton, all-star, all-NBA. Drew Holiday, all-defensive, all-star. He's watching guys load up. The Suns. Mikael Bridges should have got defensive, um, all-NBA defensive team. But there's only two teams, so whatever. Different argument. Booker, all-star. Chris Paul, all-star. Like, you just... That's where the urgency is coming from, in my opinion. He is seeing teams that, while built from the ground up, they are adding to those teams tremendously. The Blazers have not added anything of tremendous value in a decade. They have lost tremendous value and not gotten it back. That is the difference. That's where the urgency comes from, particularly when he goes to Tokyo and sees what it's like to play alongside other elite players. I think that's a huge one. Uh, second question, question of coach. I know there's the old shade gets his guy with Bills, but I also wonder if there's more to it. What if part of the coaching choice was money? Am I assuming Billups being new is going to demand less money than Mike D'Antoni? Uh, to add to this, Olshay said he was going to be building great staff around the coach, but he was a bunch of guys that most of them have heard of, uh, and that I bet demanded less money. Again, this smells like a way to save money. I know it's not going to be much money, but I mean, we are talking about a few million, unlike with the players and going over the pier, but it sinks. Uh, here my, just might be Olshay, though. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Uh, without going into too much detail, coaches in the past have left Portland because they weren't compensated fairly, or in their minds, I should say. Uh, that was a deciding factor for certain coaches. Um... The Blazers are typically stingy with their coaching money. 
which is insane, particularly when Paul Allen was alive. Uh, now it's definitely seems like the pennies are being pinched a little bit more. Um, but I also don't think Chauncey was completely and totally underpaid. Uh, the Blazers were paying Stotts fairly well. I believe he was seven to nine, somewhere in that range, a million a year. Uh, Stotts was very well compensated. Uh, both Neil Olshay and Terry Stotts have the same agent in Warren Laguerre, who's the, probably the biggest executive coach agent in the league. Uh, Chauncey is rep by Clutch, not exactly an agency known for taking uh, pay cuts. Now, the rest of the staff, there's a reason why you probably haven't heard a ton of them outside of Scott Brooks. Uh, yeah, when Neil O'Shea says, I'm going to surround him with an incredibly uh, diverse, talented, widely experienced staff, and then you go and hire, I think it was four G League experienced guys. This is nothing negative against G League guys. Uh, Nick Nurse is a G League guy. But you can't sell experienced in the NBA and G League in the same sentence and have me believe a single damn word you're saying. Not one. Ed Nish Curry, cool, awesome, good. Get more women in there. She's local, too. I'm sure that probably played a part in it. But you you can't you can't have both, so uh, we don't we don't get the disclosure on those figures typically. Uh, but I'd be willing to bet that they weren't the most expensive assistants. We aren't talking about the Ron Adamses of the world, but Zelik is not you know uh, on this list. You know we're we're not talking about uh, Mike D'Antoni coming off the the assistant bench like for the Nets uh, or Collins going to uh, New Orleans. Like there's just there's there were so many other coaches that have gone other places, and it's pretty clear why. Not only that, you have the disruption and, and the uh, shakier tides of Damian Lillard's future, and a coach doesn't want to tie his to ship to this to this uh, or, or tie off to this ship if it might sink. So, I think that's the way to, we can go about it. Uh, this one from Joel. Uh, love the content, baby. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thought I'd email rather than harass Danny's DMs as per usual. Listen, guys, my DMs are open. Please feel free. Um, I, I try to answer as many as I can. If I miss you, it's okay to be like, hey, did you see this? Uh, it's more often than not, I just didn't see it. But I wondered, is Chauncey a shouter? Will he be an angry coach? Will he scream at the GM's office? Give me guys over six foot three for the love of all mankind. That last part, no. But do will Chauncey okay, let's set the line now. Will Chauncey get more than two and a half technicals this year? Yes. Yes, he's a former player. He's going to chew somebody's ass. And I don't mean like somebody on the team. I mean an official. As far as, is he a yeller? He was a barker as a player, not a uh, overly exuberant yeller, but barking commands, I, I can see that. Um, it's going to be interesting. We, we, we got the reports that he is going to hold guys accountable. And in the NBA, how you hold guys accountable is with playing time. Whether or not he is going to use that, the playing time, with the veterans is going to be interesting. Because otherwise, how do you hold guys accountable in the NBA? It was, oh, you, you pull them aside, you talk. There's no accountability there. That's what I try to always emphasize. We've heard CJ in a, his, uh, with, uh, on the Woj pod. Yeah, he's going to hold me more accountable. Accountability has something tied to it. If they're not going to mess with playing time there's no accountability boohoo you yelled at me i make a hundred million dollars i don't give a damn that's that's the kind of thing that you have to deal with here so will what will that accountability be that'll be interesting and how does chauncey go about it that that to me is one of the most interesting storylines of this season 
do they will they need to be held accountable? Will a different voice just not make that an issue? But if they run up against it, is Chauncey going to call a timeout and chew Dame's ass for not getting back? Is that going to happen? Are we going to get Greg Popovich making Tony Parker cry? It'd be quite the change. Quite the change. All right, this was a big question, and I, I really like the way that, that Ryan uh, phrases. Ryan Halpern writes, Hey, guys, so I finally got a chance to read through Seth Partnow's NBA player tears columns. Real quick, there's so much of this back and forth, like you can only consume so much content. When there's good content out there, I want you guys to read it. I want you guys to see it. I want you guys to watch it. I am never going to downplay, whether it's Quick, whether it's Fentress, whether it's Richmond at Locked On, whether it's Hold All with the Blazers. If somebody does good stuff, I'm going to plug it here. Seth Partnow does great work. He worked for the Milwaukee Bucks. He was the director of research for years. And he did a, a breakdown of player tiers. Uh, I think it's a hop, top 125 and for the athletic. And it's great. It, it, it's, it's a good way, at least in my opinion, to go about framing actual value. What players are no BS top 10, top 12, top 15, top 20, top 40, top 100 players? You hear like, oh, he's not even in the top 50. There's a lot. Most players aren't in the top 50. So using this for framing is, is very cool. So back to the question. Uh, he saw that and ranked all five Blazer starters, but wasn't particularly high on any of them. Norm came in at 5A, Nurk 4B, CJ and Covington both in 4A, D Dame at 2B. So those five tiers that are listed there, which is kind of funny that... I, I think I would swap Cov um, and Norm for me personally, but I, I, I actually talked to Seth about this and, and where he, he settled guys and why he did what he did as it pertained to the Blazers. Because I was, I was talking about a guy like Malcolm Brogdon who's on the same tier as CJ McCollum. And part of what Portland's issue has been is that they've overpaid for, for, for CJ to be specific. You could get 75, 80% of his production for significantly less money. The, the difference between the two um, salaries is not the difference in production. And I think that's something that has inhibited the Blazers for years. Um, so when you look at where they're at right now, Nurk would probably be higher than the 4B if he could stay healthy. Norm just had his first real run as a, a no-doubt dyed-in-the-wool starter. CJ landed as a top 40 player. Or 40-ish, which is what I've been saying for two, three years. It's kind of what he is. And I think that, that that's not necessarily him not saying that's particularly high on him. Top Again, top 50, top 40 is a hell of a place to be. There's only one guy basically on every team better than you. And positionally, CJ, uh, last time I did this, I think he was like 10th or 12th. As far as like shooting guards go, again, it's a good spot to be, but the difference is. Um, Neil, keep, Neil Olshay keeps saying that this roster is going to contend with better coaching and better health. That's a lie. Uh, but these tier rankings don't seem to imply that. Basically, what you're seeing is that everybody else who evaluates talent, and Seth quite literally got paid to evaluate talent. He was director of research for the Milwaukee Bucks, helped trade for, build around, and structure the NBA champion bucks. <laughs> I always have to kind of like reiterate the stuff when I see people go, you're an idiot, Seth. And it's like, okay, guys, 
we're we're gonna do this with the guy who helped basically build the title winning team. That's what we're doing here. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> but I don't think this is him not being high enough. Dame being two B is a hell of a spot to be. There's only a handful of guys. He's right there in the cusp of top ten. The 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 issue isn't Dame being where he is. The issue is their number two guy being four A. Having another 2B, having a 3A, that's the difference. That is the difference in this team. That is the difference. Because they have too many guys that have too far a gap between Dame and everybody else. Uh, but get back to this question. It's a long question. Uh, but these two rankings don't seem to apply. So let's say Neil's somehow right in this roster, pulls a Phoenix, and finishes top three in the West in the mixed conference finals and shot at the NBA Finals. What does tier list column look like in the respect of the Blazers? Which Blazers make it and which tiers are they ranked in? There's, I think those things are independent because talking about this and uh, talking to, to Seth about this and how he's explained it uh, on, on Twitter as well is that this is about not value to a particular team or this, that. It's about unique value to build towards a title contention. And I think that's what we're... If things went right, they, this team could get, make a Western Conference Finals. We've seen that happen. A young Denver team, a stupid OKC team, and voila, here we are. But I also think Phoenix is a better team than that that 2019 Portland team. I think the top-end talent is significantly better. You've got a Hall of Fame point guard, probably. Devin Booker ends up probably being a Hall of Fame type scorer. Uh, you look at Mikael Bridges, he's an incredible two-way player. Um, Aiton is a probable six-time All-Star when it's all said and done, at least. Uh, I think he's going to end up being an absolute stud. Um, that's a significantly higher ceiling than the, the, those 2019 Trailblazers, and to me, a significantly higher ceiling than this version of this Blazers team. Um, for the tier list, to like, what would that look like for the Blazers if they were like a, a no-doubt competitor? CJ would be 2B. Having 2B guys. That's that, again. That's kind of the issue. Is they don't that gap. Everybody else, I think, could slide up around. Like you can maybe move Nurk into a four A. You can move move Norm into a four B. But CJ has to make the double gap jump from four A to two B. That's and that's the biggest jump in the league. That's the biggest jump in the league to go from pretty damn good to superstar. Because there's only so many of those guys in the league. And that's that. I think that's the that's the issue is that, and that's something that the Blazers are going to run into all season long. Um, well, with, with the way this 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 team is set up, um, but yeah, I just <sighs> it, it's always one of those things where we can argue this till we're blue in the face. I'm I, I'm glad that we're gonna get this year where we're gonna have um, kind of a control, right? You have basically the same roster running it back with a different coach. Now it's not COVID and guys aren't coming off injuries and that kind of thing. So it's not exact, but it's about as close as you're going to get. So how much better are they going to be? How much coaching does it really matter? How much does it really impact there? How much was Cantor and Mello holding things back? You know, it's, it's, it's things like that. It's, it's going to be really interesting to see how it plays out. So as always folks like rate review, subscribe, 
Jack Ramsey's on Twitter. Uh, I'm setting up the other accounts that will go alongside it. Like, rate, review, subscribe. Like, rate, review, subscribe. You guys have done a fantastic job so far uh, in plucking uh, everything. Uh, big shout out to Abby's Pizza, uh, who uh, has been uh, jumping in with us a little bit. Um, they have been fantastic in that regard. Uh, I did get your Abby's Pizza question with the pinball. We will get that on with Brandon because I want to make sure he's able to hit that one. So don't worry. You, you weren't missed. It'll be there. Uh, Brandon will be back after this week because, like I said, he's gone in Hawaii. I've got some more guests lined up. Uh on social media, at Danny Morang, at D-A-N-N-Y-M-A-R-A-N-G on Instagram, at D-Morang. Like, rate, review, subscribe. Send emails, send DMs, questions, comments, thoughts. Where do you think the Blazers are going to end up? What's their record at the All-Star break? What's their record at the end of the season? Let us know. Get the engagement going. Go back and forth with us. If that's, We're fostering a community here. And I, I don't want to seem like I, I know everything and I'm talking down to you. These, these are my thoughts. And when Brandon's here, we're going to disagree and we're going to go back and forth. But that's what this is about, especially this time of year when we're just dying for something, right? That's that's kind of where it's going to go. So uh, get into it. I love it. Uh, I, I'll have the um, Damian Lillard breakdown stuff that I've teased for a while now coming out later this week. Uh, that is finalized. and i got to do a little bit of tweaks here or there. But that is going to be done and ready to go. Thank you all so, 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 so very much. Uh, thank you for listening to Jack Ramsey. is part of a Blue Wire podcast network. Again, uh, like, rate, review, subscribe. Available forever you can find your podcasts. And we'll catch you next week. Take care, guys. Bye. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.